Welcome to the Calming Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Minton, psychotherapist and mindfulness coach. This podcast is designed to offer you inspiration, wisdom, and actionable steps to support you to nurture your inner light. Tessa Olson is an acupuncturist in Columbus, Ohio, who has a practice called Renewal Acupuncture. It was my great pleasure to speak with Tessa today about acupuncture and the ways that it can help us slow down, pause, heal, and reset ourselves. Tessa shares her story of how she came into the practice of acupuncture and how it's helped and healed her in her life. And she talks about the ways that she's drawn to Chinese medicine because of how it provides that individualized treatment based on the unique needs of a person and how it's a lifestyle approach to whole body healing and wellness. I hope you gain insight and enjoy this interview as I did. So I'll just start by kind of learning more about what drew you to acupuncture. How, how is it that you ended up moving into this field? What drew you to acupuncture? Anything you want to share? Yeah. Um, I, so I, I lived out in Oregon for a while. I'm from originally from North Dakota and I always kind of dealt with health issues my whole childhood. I was really sick as a kid and things like that. And I just, I was, I, so I, grew up in North Dakota, sick a lot. Then I moved to Oregon and they were really into the natural health. When I lived out there, I just learned so much about natural health when I was living out there. And then I kind of always wanted to go into something in the natural health field. I was, I didn't in college, but then I was trying to figure out, well, where where could I go? Could I be a naturopathic doctor? Could I, you know, just different things like that. And then I just was a poor college student and ended up, you know, moving back to North Dakota. And then I decided, well, actually, I had taken my dog in for acupuncture. Somebody had suggested that because he was having issues. And then I brought him in and he did so well with his acupuncture. I was just like blown away by it. And he, because he used to have, he would have back issues or knee issues. And every time I took him in for his acupuncture, he would just be like so excited. He would hop right, right up on the table, get so relaxed. And then he'd run around like a puppy again after he got his treatment. So then I was thinking, okay, well, I want to go, I want to do this for humans. So I ended up looking at schools and then I found one in Minneapolis um, area. So I ended up going to school for that there. And then here I am. Wow. I didn't even know they did acupuncture for animals. That hadn't even occurred to me. Are yeah. these vets? Yeah, vets do it a lot. Um, they're starting to more and more get, in, get into it now. But yes, um, I currently have two dachshunds now and I do acupuncture on one of them. He, he allows me to do it. The other one wouldn't allow me, but yeah, he loves it. He'll come and lay next to me and he just passes out. And um, it's just amazing to me because it's, and animals actually respond better to acupuncture than humans. They, they, they respond more quickly to it. So it's awesome for dog pets, any pets. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
So how would you describe acupuncture to someone who may not be familiar with it or maybe a new patient who's never done it before, but is trying it for the first time? How do you describe your practice? Yeah. And that's one thing that I think people that actually go and, you know, get acupuncture, they, it's kind of this mysterious medicine. And so that's one thing that I feel like I try to explain as best I can. It's hard to explain four years of theory to people because you have to retrain your brain. When you're going to acupuncture school, you have to retrain your brain to think, okay, I'm thinking in a completely different way about the body in a completely different way in medicine. So it's, it's retraining your brain to do that, but trying to explain it in a short amount of time to people is hard. So I try to do my best at that when they come in. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of times if they've already had acupuncture, they really, they still don't quite understand what's happening. But what we do is when a patient comes in, we want to try to explain to them or, or go through their health history. And then we ask a lot of questions based on their health history. And we try to make sure that we look at all the things because we want to see if say somebody has heat in their body or cold in their body or blood stasis in their body. So we, we have different diagnoses that we're looking for. And then based on what the patient has told me, I'm going to respond by treating them with certain acupuncture points that if this patient has a lot of heat in their body, I want to reduce heat in their body. So I know what acupuncture points are going to help reduce heat in their body. Or if they have a lot of like, we call it blood stasis in their body, which could be, that could be women's health issues. Then I want to treat based on that. So it's looking at the whole picture of the individual. So one person could come in for uh, one thing and another person could come in for the same thing, but yet they could be treated in a different way for it because it depends on what's underlying in their own body compared to the other person, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So that's, that's what we want to look at. Um, and I know like Ayurvedic medicine kind of looks at different body types and, and they have like a kind of like, I think they have like four such body types, but we look at the individual and those body types and like what, what is going on. So I just, I like to describe this as an example. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A lot of stress happening right now for a lot of people, right? And so we drive on the freeways and we see people getting upset in their cars, a lot of road rage, right? So when you see somebody going crazy, I always think to myself, that person has liver (laughs) cheese stagnation with heat in their body. Oh my gosh, they are stressed out (laughs) and and it's Mm -hmm. creating... So it's like when you stress out so much and the heat, then your body is stagnant with energy. It's, it's stagnant, stagnant, stagnant. Well, it's going to create heat and that heat's going to build and rise. And then it's going to create like this anger in a person. So, so that's an example of like what if somebody came in and they had issues with irritability or temper, I would treat them for stagnation with heat in their body and do points that help reduce heat. If that kind of. Yeah, that's interesting. So let me just make sure I understand. So the idea is that you have this buildup of heat mm-hmm. stagnation. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then if there's enough buildup, you'll cross this threshold and it'll show up in, like an emotional outburst or it'll show up in, yeah. yes. And does it show up in 10, and I'm sorry, in stress, irritability with stress, or does the stress create the heat stagnation? It's, yeah, it, the more you... The more you stress, 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 and you're not doing anything to help that stress, like say, say you've been, say you're going through a really rough time and you're with your spouse or something, 
we've all been there with a partner and we're like stress, 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 stress. And then you burst out, you know, anger that, yeah, that's heat. So it's like this, it's, it's a combination of things going on. If you're not taking care of that stress, your nervous system is in that overdrive like that, that stagnation, then it builds and it bursts and it's, yeah. And then it's like that heat coming out. So like high blood pressure is, you know, a lot of times stagnation with heat because, it's like build, build, build. So if you, if you look at someone like, um, I always think too, I look at people in the media and then I think, Oh, they have stagnation teeth that they have high blood pressure because their face is all red. Um, and they're, they're just like crabby or irritable. I'm like, yeah, they have a lot of stagnation in their body and they need to like work on that. Otherwise they're going to have issues with other things. So and just out of curiosity, what is an example of excess cold or stagnation with cold? There wouldn't be stagnation with, well, there can be stagnation with cold, I guess. Um, so that would be like um, somebody who has, so when you have cold extremities, for example, uh-huh. your, your core, so if you think about when you're stressed out, your core is stagnant everything is stuck in your core and the energy we call it chi that moves your blood that's trapped and it's not getting to your extremities and so your extremities are going to be cold that makes sense because you're not getting that you're not getting that chi and circulation to your extremities so a lot of times i'll have patients that'll say i'm really stressed out but my feet are always really cold that would be stagnation with cold in their extremities wow so this kind of well, no, keep going. What were you going to say? Oh, because I said the energy is trapped, so it's not circulating. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. So this segues into my next question, which is my understanding is that in tra- traditional Chinese medicine, there's a strong emphasis on balancing the body's energy or chi, which is kind of, which, which is what you just referenced. So I'm wondering, can you talk a little bit more about chi and how acupuncture contributes to restoring and maintaining this balance? Yeah, so you've seen you've seen the yin yang symbol before. Most people have mm-hmm. that symbol represents yin and yang, and then the chi is chi goes with yin and yang. And so the um, the chi is we want that we look at that symbol as like balance, and we want chi to be balanced in the body. Um, and by having chi balanced, it's it's basically, we have to kind of look at a lot of different things. We look at like environmental things and affecting chi. We look at nourishment, like what you're eating, consuming, how much stress you have in your life, your environment, all those different things. The, the, the actually one big thing too, is the weather is an impact. That's one thing that we look at in Chinese medicine a lot where Western medicine doesn't even think about the weather. Um, but chi is basically energy in your body. And it's what moves your blood is how we kind of describe it. And you want the yin and yang to be in balance with the chi. Um, so when when your chi gets off, that's when you have things that have affected you, say, like environmentally, like stagnant chi, what I just talked about, mm-hmm. like how your your chi gets stuck in your core. Your chi can get off by um, like just over being super stressed, say it like works, it just, it can stagnate that way. It can be affected by how you're treating your body as far as like never exercising. That, that would be more stagnant chi. 
it could be affected by digestion. She's what moves your your um, nourishment through your your organs. So it can be if somebody say has constipation or something that would be like stagnant chi too as well. And but we need to move that. Um, but also nourish. Excuse me, fluids in the body too. So those are all kind of. Does that help with the explanation? I yeah. I feel like it's yeah. hard to explain it. <laughs> yes, that's great. And so, how does acupuncture then move stagnant chi? So by placing the needles in, so we're trained to know as acupuncturists what points will help with certain things. So by putting a needle, there's over 400 points in your on your body, and we look at the meridians. Um, and there's different ways of practicing acupuncture. So I was trained in traditional Chinese medicine. So I would look at, okay, the different meridians, and then we want to use, we'll talk to the patient and decide, okay, so this patient has stagnant chi with some heat. Okay. So I'm going to place the needles and this point helps with uh, liver cheese stagnation with heat, or this, this point helps with this helps with their digestion with some constipation or, so we've been trained to know, okay, which, which points. And by putting in the point in the meridian, it's going to, we call it like maybe like a blockage. If you think about like a traffic jam, so your cheese is supposed to be moving in the meridian. And if you think about like when you're on a freeway, think of that as like a meridian, then you say you get a traffic jam and the, the road is backed up with cars. That's kind of the same thing as how we think about it in the meridians. And so then by putting an acupuncture point in that spot and help break up that traffic jam. So yeah, and you can palpate on certain meridians and a lot of times you can feel, so a lot of times I'll feel soreness on patients and they'll be like, oh yeah, that's really sore. Um, so that would mean that it's stuck chi in there. And then you want to be a good spot to put a needle to help open that up. And are there specific acupuncture points that you found effective in promoting energy flow related to stress reduction? Yeah. In fact, yeah, I'm treating that a lot <laughs> these days. Um, okay. I Yeah, because I feel like we are living in a crazy society right now where people are constantly their nervous systems are in overdrive constantly um because we're looking at our phones and we're being bombarded with information like this happened today or this this you know we're constantly our nervous systems are in like that constant state of like hyper you know overdrive so yes definitely and what acupuncture does is it really helps to calm your nervous system down in fact, there's more studies coming out with how acupuncture is helping the vagus. They're finding that it's really helping the vagus nerve. So that helps your sympathetic, you know, your, your parasympathetic, your sympathetic system. I get a mix up, but helps par- that calm yeah, that yeah, down. Yeah. And, um, and they've always used like a regular acupuncture in the, um, the military for PTSD. So that's just using points on the ear. The ear is very powerful. So yeah, I definitely use the ear a lot for that. I use like, and then based on that person's intake that I do, I'll look at, okay, well, which points I'm going to use for this person's type of stress? Are they overthinking a lot? Are they having insomnia? Are they having heart palpitations? Are they having, their mind is just, they can't focus or, you know, so then there's based on those, that information you get from the patient, then I can choose points that'll help with those, with that part. If they have PTSD, then you know, that's straightforward and I can kind of do the regular points, but, but yeah, it's, it's just sort of tailored to like what, what else is happening in that patient's body too. Bear with me. I'm just have a uh, curiosity coming up. So when I 
for example, unplug and I'll go out backpacking for several days. I had, this has to be several days for this to work for me. Um, but I will sink into a different state in myself where I feel so present. And then Mm -hmm. when I re-enter kind of the front country, when I'm done backpacking and I'm back in, in, you know, the regular world, or in my case, it's, you know, the Columbus, Ohio world, I notice how many, how much stimuli there is all around that I Mm -hmm. just sort of, I guess, get used to and adapt to, but coming out of the woods for a lengthy period of time where I've been so far away that I, my system has rested from it. I notice how intense it is when I come back. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm curious about here is when I'm out and I come back, I feel almost like a cleanse and there is a flow that I experience in just being able to be grounded and present. And that's a kind of, that's just one example. Um, another example might be going through a yoga sequence and having Shavasana or something like that, where there's this sense of peace, flow and cleanse. I'm curious, is that similar to moving chi or is that different? And when you think about this, is just, I know that's a strange comparison because they're not, not the same at all, but I'm just curious in terms of that flow, is that removing stagnation or is that different than what you're talking about? Yeah, no, it's actually, no, it's not a strange question. It's yeah, no, it is definitely helping your stagnation. It's helping your chi. Yes, for sure. Because mm-hmm. you're actually helping calm your system down and helping your your chi flow better and um, helping to relax your system. And so, yes, it is flowing. And then you're probably hiking, which is helping your body move through that. The other thing too, like that we look at, like when you come back to the city, you are actually constant. I mean, yes, there's like, there's electricity, there's cars, there's, you know, it's all those things that are like impacting your stimuli all the time and you're in that hyper awareness. And so, yeah, that's affecting your chi too. Also, I mean, I kind of look at this now more with with modern day society, we're being exposed to so many more toxins in the environment. And that is something that is impactful to people too. And that affects their chi as well, because you're, you're being exposed to toxins too. And that blocks things. That sort of makes sense. Yeah. So is acupressure also effective is it as effective as acupuncture or is it does it have a different kind of effectiveness or use i would say yeah i mean it it depends on the person and how they respond i would say majority of people probably it's i would say acupuncture could be more effective but there are people that are so responsive to energy work in general that it could be that acupressure could be just as effective for someone. It would just depend on that patient or that person in their body. Ready to strengthen your self-care practice? I have a free guide for you to help you identify the areas in your life where you need the most replenishment and learn the next steps you can take to feel more relaxed and restored. To get the guide, go to www.thecalminggroundforward/slash opt hyphen in the link is in the show notes so that you can live the ease filled life you dream of. So we mentioned a lot stress and how common it is today and how much stress can drain energy. And I'm in a lot of times what I hear 
people talk about is the fatigue is just feeling so tired all the time, kind of like ragged and frazzled. And I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. is that something that people would come to you for? Yeah, I definitely, yes, I'm treating that a lot as well. And what I would attribute that to, and this is going to be more a little bit Western medicine again, but like adrenal fatigue and looking at, and then, then I think of adrenal fatigue in Chinese medicine, we've just been through like, you know, a lot of stuff and we're constantly being bombarded by everything in the media and everything. And we're just all stressed a lot. Adrenal fatigue is a huge one. And so, yeah, in Chinese medicine, I would address that with the kidney meridian because that has a lot to do with your adrenals. Um, Not saying something's wrong with your kidney, but just that's the meridian that you'd want to focus on. So yes. And it, it just helps your body to get into a state of such deep relaxation that that's helping your adrenals. So I would say for someone that has a lot of that fatigue and that it's it's just, it's your nervous system's in overdrive, your adrenals are worn out and yeah, it helps to tonify and build back up your system again and sort of re-regulate it. But people are going to ask me, well, how many times do I do a treatment for that? And that's something that you can't really answer. It just would, I would say acupuncture is, is a lifestyle thing. It would be good for prevention, but it's also good for building your system back up again. It's really kind of like a lifestyle thing. Like you do yoga, you go to the, you know, to the a cabin in the woods and do that because you know that helps your body. So like, that's what I would recommend for acupuncture. And you mentioned how acupuncture uh, and in, I think traditional Chinese medicine in general acknowledges energy shifts with the seasons. I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit about that, the seasonal piece. Yeah. Yeah. So like right now we're in fall and I'm standing outside. I'm sorry, it might be a little windy, but um, the fall is a little more, it can be sometimes kind of, I think of it as being a little bit more dry. It's hard to tell because we're, our seasons are changing quite a bit, like kind of with the, with the climate change stuff and everything. But I would say we, right now it's, it's drying. So people are noticing more in the, in the, actually the other thing too is the darkness. So your body starts to notice, oh, I'm more tired. That's because our body is kind of needing to adapt to the the seasons. And it is okay to be more tired. It is okay to nourish your body and like help not be in such overdrive. And if you do feel tired, it's okay to rest. Because we, we say that that's okay. Because I think, we again, we live in a society where we're like, oh, no, we have to do this. We have to do 500 million things in one day. And no, mm-hmm. we don't have, we shouldn't have to be doing that because your body should be resting. So, so yeah, the springtime is a little more drying um, because leaves are falling. It's a, kind of a drying out. Winter is, is cold. So you would want to protect your body as far as like the, I would say wear a scarf around your neck because your neck area is kind of where, you're, where more wind, she can get invaded into your body, we would call it. And that's when you are more prone to getting sick. And so the cold, you want to stay warm. Summertime, you can be more prone to it's more heat. So then you can be more prone to more heat things. So sometimes it can be like um, headaches or dizziness. Or of course, you know, I see a lot of allergy issues for people. And then you have more energy a lot. More people notice more energy in the summer. But if somebody has more heat in their body, say you have red hair and you have more, we say in general, general people with with red hair have a little they have more heat in their system that's just the way it is then you're going to be you don't like the heat and it makes you feel terrible so 
it just depends on your body constitution. But yeah, these are all factors when with the summer, the spring and the fall in the winter, like you can, we do take those into account. Like for example, like shingles is a, we call it a damp heat condition in Chinese medicine. So that's a, that's a rash on your skin that you can get. Mm-hmm. And there will be times when it's been like really damp and hot outside. And I'll have had like several patients say, yeah, I, I have shingles. And I'll think about, okay, well, it's been really damp and hot outside. And that's a damp heat condition in Chinese medicine. So, so yeah, it, it definitely impacts things in your body. The moon impacts you too, actually. Um, Can you say more so- about that? That one, I wish I knew more a little bit with Chinese. I'm still trying to figure that out. I kind of want to like read more about that. But I just notice patients bleed more when I take the needles out with the moon. Not terrible, but just whenever there's a full moon coming, I can tell that I'm like, people are bleeding a little bit more. <laughs> um, not not a lot, but generally people don't bleed when you take the needles out. But I can always tell. And people are affected by the moon. They just feel off or they feel like dizzy or yeah, I, I definitely since I've been doing this now, I can tell that the moon does affect you. But in Chinese medicine, I guess I don't know the answer to that. That's interesting. Okay. So for people who may not have the funds or feel that they don't have the time to go to acupuncture, what would you recommend for them to do at home or in their daily life? Or what kind of practices could help somebody who may not have the ability to get to acupuncture? Yeah, I think. I think, I mean, there's so many things now available, you know, as far as like that you can, you can do online as far as like there's meditation. You can do that for free. That helps your nervous system. Meditation is amazing. Like you said, you do yoga and you go check out for a while and you go out walking in nature is good for your chi. There's things like you can, you can find, there's something called Tai Chi, which is really good for your Chi in your body. That just helps. It's like, it's like gentle movements Mm -hmm. that you can do that helps. It's like a meditative type of movement. There's using just like essential oils to like inhale. Aromatherapy is good. You can just trying to figure out what you notice for your body and like how your body decompresses as far as like with your nervous system and like when you feel at that most relaxed state is those are things that I would say that you need to try to be incorporating more into your lifestyle. Okay. And I'm curious, Tessa, what has it been like for you? You mentioned that you had these health issues or complications. You decided to study acupuncture based on kind of it sounds like feeling inspired by noticing it's the impact on your dogs. And I'm wondering what has it been like for you? How has this impacted your life in terms of your it's, your self-care, your energy? Mm-hmm. I feel very, very fortunate to know what I know. I mean, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a long journey through acupuncture school, but I mean, I just feel very fortunate to know what I know because I, I do Chinese herbal medicine too. And that's another, um, that's another avenue that is amazing. So like when I'm, if I'm getting sick, I will might start taking some Chinese herbal formula because I they have a sore throat coming on. It usually helps me right away. If I'm having issues with say menstrual health stuff, I might I might take an herbal formula for that. Or I I know I I have so many things in my brain as far as knowing how to treat certain things. So then I I, I feel like I have a solution <laughs> to, to whatever I can 
you know, deal with. So I haven't, since I've been an acupuncturist, I have not been sick since before COVID. And I, I have not, I used to get pneumonia as a child, like every year. And I, I do have autoimmune issues too. I have not been sick for a very long time. I feel like I, I work a lot of my diet too, but doing a lot of this, this natural health in your body and your, and calming your system, it just, it made so much of a difference. My asthma too, that's the other thing. I used to have asthma, but now I don't have that issue anymore. So it's just, I think people think with acupuncture, it's like, oh, I need to do a few sessions. No, it's really a lifestyle thing. And you can change things around by doing these things. It just takes time. So you just have to give it, you just have to work at it and take time to do it. And it sounds, it sounds like it takes time, but in the end, the energy that you restore and the time that you don't spend sick, it's almost like you get it back tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, I, I firmly believe that. And it's just amazing what I've seen. I mean, fertility issues for women, helping them get pregnant. Uh, I've seen people's allergies go away. I mean, long COVID, we're working, we're treating that and it's been, been extremely helpful for long COVID because it's helping with the vagus nerve. So yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I love what I do. So. Wow. That's beautiful. Okay. And so I think my next question you've already kind of touched on, I'm going to see if there's anything else that comes up. So I'll go ahead and ask it anyway. So let's say I was coming in and I was a patient of yours and I'm doing the acupuncture what would you be recommending I do as well as attend the acupuncture sessions? I know that you've mentioned different kinds of ways to, for example, in the winter time or in the colder weather to cover up. Sounds like there's a, a nutrition piece here too, having to do with, I'm yeah. assuming also the heat and cold, I don't know, or dry and yeah. you say wet, dry. And yeah. Wet. So if somebody's having like, yeah, so it depends on what's going on in their body. If somebody's having like issues with, say they're having digestive issues and they're having like a lot of bloating and things like that, you want to be really gentle on your stomach and you want to do nourishing warm foods because if you introduce more like cooling foods, then that can create more of a problem. Or you'd, or if, and we would say they might have a lot of dampness in their system. Damp, not wet. Okay. Damp, <laughs> yep, damp, dampness. Yep. And then, like dampness, the things that create dampness would be like dairy and just a lot of sugar and things like that. So you'd want to take those things out of your body and help nourish and like bringing warming, like soups and things like that to help. We call it help like um, nourishing your spleen. But again, not something's wrong with your spleen in Western medicine, but just that's how we talk in Chinese medicine. So yeah, you can, you can definitely work. Diet is huge in Chinese medicine. There's, and that's one thing too, that people can do on their own is really looking at their diet. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is there anything that perhaps we haven't touched on or I haven't asked that you think might be helpful for somebody who's interested in improving their energy, enhancing their vitality, reducing stress? Um, is there any, any other suggestions or any other wisdom that you have that you would I don't know, that comes up for you that you'd want to share? Yeah, I would say give it a, you know, give it a chance. Like I was saying, you know, 
the way I see it is your body's not like Amazon Prime and you does it takes more than two days to heal. So if if you if you need you need to like give it some time and you also have to work at it yourself too with some things with nourishment and your what you're eating and um and if you have had an experience of acupuncture that might have been bad, I would say try it try a different practitioner because as you know too, like your your counselor, you mm-hmm. want to find the right fit, right? So mm-hmm. You know, if you had maybe an experience that you went to an acupuncturist and you want to, it wasn't so great, maybe you want to try it again. Just just let the acupuncturist know what, what, you know, affected you or in a certain way that you didn't like, things like that. So if you've had like, well, there's something called um, dry needling and, and that's something that is acupuncture, but it's more intensive needling. And if that was something that you had before, I would say and had a bad experience when I would say try acupuncture because we kind of look at the body as a whole or we do look at the body as a whole. We want to be able to like look at everything, the whole picture, not just one localized area. Well, I was just going to say one of the things that I'm appreciating, and this is true in my, yes, in my practice of psychotherapy, as well as, as acupuncture, as well as I think in so many other wellness areas or wellness fields is that there is that commitment on the part of the of the person who's looking for the treatment right to to integrate some of these practices into your life that we can go to the practitioner and there's such beauty there such healing that can happen with a practitioner and then there's that other part which is how am I going to prioritize my care in my life totally exactly it definitely has to come from within and, and there's people too they say they want to try acupuncture but you just haven't gotten there yet. And it's like, go get there sometime. It's when they're ready. So it's, it's about where your mindset is too. That's part of it as well. And I love that you mentioned that. Absolutely. That there's a time and a yeah. place and there's seasons in life. And sometimes it's easier and more accessible. And other times it's, it's not, and that's okay. But you can start it at any time. And the, the amazing thing with acupuncture is there's no side effect as far as like, yeah, I mean, you could get a bruise or something like that, but there's no it's always taking inflammation down in the body and always, always helping to like re- reset things and rebalance things. So that's the good thing about it. There's no side effects. One other question that brings up for me is what, if, I don't know if you've ever had anybody who's afraid of needles, but sometimes people can have fear of needles. And I wonder, is that something that is a barrier for you or how do you work yeah. with that? That's a very common thing, but I, you know, there are patients that are like afraid of needles, but they still want to do it. So. I generally, and this is part the part two where I had mentioned that if you had an acupuncture experience that maybe it was too aggressive or something and you were, you are afraid of me, let your acupuncturist know. My job is to not like torture people. I want to be able to like make it, you want to be able to relax. That's the big part of it to help heal your body too. So I just usually start slow with a patient and then just get a feel for what, how they respond and like just see how they are. And then I'll do like, I'll just say, do you want me to just try a needle? Just let you see what it's like. And then once you do it, they're like, oh my gosh, it's nothing like what I thought it was going to be. So I've treated kids before too. Um, and usually, you know, they're terrified a lot. So I just do whatever I, I could do acupressure. I could do press needles that are small. Um, so there's different options that can be used for people. So it's, it's not about torturing someone. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of times people experience acupuncture is very relaxing. Yes, it, 
they're like shocked at how relaxed they are. Cause, yeah. cause it's not, you know, it's not like getting up your blood drawn where you're putting it in a, in a, a, a vessel in your body. It's, it's putting it in different acupuncture points that don't, it's just different. It's just different to help your nervous system relax. And a lot of times people say they feel like buzzing sensations or like, um, they could, you could put a needle in one spot and they can feel it in a different part of their body, or they feel like, oh my gosh, I felt like I was floating, but in, in a good way or just a very deep relaxation. So it's pretty cool. But they, yeah, definitely to answer your question. Yes, there are people that are scared of needles and they will, <laughs> they still come in, but I would say, give it a try. And, and if, you know, if the worst thing, if you can't handle it, then you don't have to do it. But, but I think it's worth a try. Well, Thank you so much, Tessa, again, for speaking with me, for talking about this. And I don't know if you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share before we pause this conversation. No, I say, I say, give acupuncture a try. Yeah, that's great. Um, So, (laughs) no, I appreciate your time and taking the time to interview me. It's a great idea what you're doing. So, Uh, thank you. I was just going to say, I think it's it's really cool for me because I get an experience of being able to talk to so many different kinds of professionals and 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 learn mm-hmm. so much, gain from their wisdom and insight. You know, it's 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 nice. I work in a private practice most of my life, you know, yeah. so it's yeah, I'm yeah. really alone in that practice, right? And so it's really nice to talk to other people. Thank you so much for listening today. Subscribe to not miss another episode. And please share this podcast with a friend you think might benefit. I'd love to remind as many people as possible that they too can have the peace, calm, and rejuvenation that a little self-love and care can bring. And lastly, I'd love if you would leave me a review and let me know how I'm doing. See you next week.